I wrote that story in 2002 when I was pregnant with my youngest son. And that's the first time I've seen somebody do it, so... Thank you. Uh Uh-oh, there goes the contact lens. Now I'm really in trouble. Okay, well, I can't see out of this eye now. I can't see out of this eye. Hold on a sec. Thank goodness I could take it out of there. Nobody steal the contact lens on the podium here, okay? (laughs) Now you're really blurry. (laughs) Ah. So I wrote that while I was pregnant with Ryan. And it was a huge time of change for me. And I say I wrote it very loosely because I heard the story while I was laying on a rock next to the river. And... Today is a really good day to talk about that. Today is a really good good day to talk about when nature talks to you, when something comes to you, when something is gifted to you. And that story was kind of a drop-in story. I was at a convention with my sweetheart, and um, he was at the convention, and I was just along for the ride, and I had nothing to do. So we were in Salida, and I went out looking for a place to just sit and meditate, and I found this great warm stone, and it was late April, just not much later than this time of year, and absolutely beautiful there, and sunny and bright, a very day very like today, just a light Christmas in the air, and I sat on this stone and then finally laid down with my back against it and just listened to the river and what was going on in my life at the time was a trem- it was a very tremendous change because I already had two two children and they were they were uh, twenty and twenty two at the time so having a baby after having all of my children grown was was a time of big change and this story was about change for me this story was the story of what happens to the mountain that no matter how strong and and firm you are in your position that there is always this consistent move to change. And as you change, sometimes it feels like you roll willy-nilly through life. Oh, my gosh. And But as you go, the rough edges are shaved off of you, and you become more and more smooth and more and more whole and more and more quick to change. It becomes easier to change, doesn't it? As the rough edges roll off, suddenly you're smooth stones rolling down the river with grace and ease until you become the finest piece of grain on the sand, on a sandy beach. I don't know if any of you have ever seen it, but there is a picture you can find on the website if you look for magnification of sand that will bring you up an image of what sand really looks like if you magnify it. And it looks like snowflakes. The tiniest grains of sand are the most beautiful geometric patterns you will ever see. And yet it's so small and so fine. So this is an example of one of the things that nature teaches us. And and in this month of nature, and today on this Earth Day, I want to talk about the importance of nature and our the importance of our coming to understand it. 
Because some of us believe that it's our human nature not to care for nature. Some of us believe that human beings are parasitic on the planet. That we simply are here to use and consume. And that you really can't expect people to behave differently because this is our nature. You've all heard the story about the scorpion crossing on the turtle's back, right? Crossing the river. Scorpion is crossing the, needs to cross the river and can't get across. So the turtle comes up and says, I'll take you, don't worry. No problem. And the scorpion crawls on top. And halfway across, the scorpion stings the, the turtle. And the turtle says, what are you doing? I'm here to help you. And the scorpion says, I can't help myself. It's my nature. A lot of us have come to believe, especially those of us involved in real environmental and, and ecological ways of thinking, that the human race has a nature and that its nature is consum- consumptive and destructive. But I want to point some things out to you. One of the things that I want you to know is that we have recorded history, 12 by by oratory, by story, 12,500 years of recorded history of the Native American cultures who lived in this land before Western civilization came over. 12,500 years of recorded history. One story passed down to another, to another, to another. And the, the Native Americans in the California area tell story about when the rivers had so many salmon running that they were afraid to put their boats in because their boats would be capsized by the, by the salmon in the river. They tell stories about the thickness of the forest and how hard it was to get through. They tell stories about the many whales, the plethora of whales who would crest the ocean there. And there are stories from tribe to tribe to tribe from the East Coast to the West and back talking about what they learned from nature, what nature taught them, and how abundant and available resources were. And that has changed, but it didn't for 12,500 years. For 12,500 years, human beings lived on our continent, in a way that was in relation with the earth. Because they had to. Because if you had to drink out of the creek, out of Fountain Creek, you would be very careful about what you put in it, wouldn't you? If that was your only source of water, and everything that you dumped on the earth here ended up in Fountain Creek, you would think very carefully about what you put on the earth, wouldn't you? If you had to go out and harvest your food from the natural resources available to you, whether you were hunting or you were gathering, if you had to rely on nature to feed yourself, you would be careful about what you left on the ground. Because anything that died from what you left on the ground would take food from your family. You would think, differently about what you did. So what has changed for us is not that our nature stops us from being related in cooperation with or at one with with the grander picture of nature. What has changed is 
the way we've chosen to live. And it's a choice. And today, on Earth Day, it's important to consider that choice. It's important to consider what it is nature is trying to tell us. It's important to consider what we can do differently. So on that particular day, I got to listen to the ocean. I got to listen to the stones. I got to listen to the deer and to the, the river as it went by. Because all of nature brought that picture to me. It was a drop-in. Here, take this story. Take this story and go share this story. And that experience is available to anyone. I'm not unique in my ability to listen to nature. I often think that people are called to Colorado Springs because they have a natural propensity to listen to nature because we have so much. Nature comes to us in the city, doesn't it? We have, as I came in this morning, I turned the key on the door and heard this little scurry and watched, uh, I'm going to call them a whole flock. I don't know what you call a bunch of bunnies. A whole flock of bunnies go running across our lawn. Just amazing. Amazing. So how do you listen to nature? Because the truth is, we would like to tell ourselves how we have to fix the earth right now. We would like to come up with some great solution. And we have some ideas about things we can do. We can use fewer water bottles. We can really watch what we consume. We can recycle more. There are lots of steps that we've taken, things that we can we can can do in our homes. But the truth is nature will tell us what it needs to heal now. Nature has its own voice. And it has an amazing ability to adapt. So what is important for us right now is to come back to nature. Ours and that of nature all around us. To really listen to what nature has to say. To come to understand. So how do you do that? Well, there are a couple important things for you to think about. First of all, if you want to hear nature, you have to go outside. You probably are not going to get a lot of nature in your house. Maybe you might have a few house plants, But you're probably going to have to go outside. Then you're going to have to find a place to sit or stand. But to be still... How do you listen to nature? You listen to nature the same way that you make love. When you join in love with someone, whether it's your child or your lover or your parent, that when you make love, you let there be a natural connection. You follow that connection with more than your thoughts. You follow that connection with your heart and with your soul and with your body. Sometimes nature will tell you, sit with your back against this tree. Or sometimes it will tell you, go up there and sit on that point. Hike your way up there and sit on that point. Or sometimes it will tell you, lay face down with your belly on the earth. But if you listen, with all of your being, nature will tell you, how it wants to communicate. And sometimes when nature communicates with you, it communicates through a fragrance. And sometimes it creates a visual for you. 
And sometimes there's a sound. But this is a new language and one that most of us are not familiar with. And if we went down to Mexico and wanted to order lunch and the waiter spoke Spanish, we would take quite some time to figure out how to communicate, wouldn't we? Because for most of us, it's a different language. So we would watch for words and try and make associations and figure out what they meant. And this is the same thing you have to do when you talk to nature. Expect the language to be different. Pay attention to what it might be that nature is teaching you. So I want to give you an example. I, Several years before I wrote this story, I uh, had had a very close and personal relationship with my puppy, who was no longer a puppy. She was, she was uh, about this big, Australian Shepherd, sweet, darling, wonderful spirit who was part of my life, graced my life for about seven years. And I traveled overseas, and she passed away while I was gone, unexpectedly. Um, uh, she had a, a cyst that ruptured. And she went down in a matter of hours, completely unexpectedly. We didn't even know what it was till afterward. So when I came home, she wasn't there. And I went to my backyard, to the tree where she liked to sit. She would sit. I was in Texas at the time. It was very hot in Texas. And we had one big shady tree in the backyard that she loved to just lay against and sit underneath. And so I went and sat with my back to that tree right where she used to sit and put my head down on the on my hands and cried. And I heard this and I put my head down and I put my head up and there was a hummingbird right here. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and it stayed. It just stayed. Right there, I don't know for how long. Long enough to be unusual. Long enough for me to know this was more than just a hummingbird standing there. And gently flew away over the fence. Hummingbirds aren't really, we don't, we have a lot of them around here. We don't get a lot of them in Texas because it's very hot and we don't have the amount of blossoms in Texas that we have here in Colorado Springs or Colorado in general. So it was unusual enough to see it, but to have it stay there, just stay with me, was very powerful. And I knew in that moment, I knew that that nature was letting me know that Mandy, my sweet puppy, was in joy, that there was joy, and that she had gently moved on. And it was the most, nobody could have said anything more healing than that. No one. So my life has been filled with these kinds of incidents, these moments when some part of nature comes forward to bring a message about change. It's going to be okay. The more you change, the more you come to your whole real self about joy, about so many things. And I know that nature nature will teach us what we need to know to, to heal what is wrong on our planet if we take the time to listen. So today on Earth Day, I want to invite you to do something more than just be present to nature. I want to invite you to do something more than recycle. 
I want to invite you to do something more than look in your house at how you're using that little triangle of arrows. Those are important steps. But I want you to recognize nature as a living expression of the divine. I want you to understand that nature communicates with us because we are nature. There isn't anything else. We all are nature. Not dominion over, not stewards of, but nature. How many of you are on our Facebook page, are subscribed to our Facebook page? Okay, if you have Facebook and you are not subscribed, I will post this on Facebook today. If you are not on Facebook and don't want to be, you can go online under PBS Nature, which is the name of a show they run, um, Watch Online. PBS Nature Watch Online. But I'll post this on the I'll post the link to it on our Facebook page. And if you are on Facebook, please do come in and like our page and join us because we do a lot of different posting there. There's a show that aired on PBS uh, called Nature. There are many different issues or editions of it. But on the third of this month, they ran a show about how plants communicate with each other. Amazing absolutely will blow your mind. So if you have trouble stepping into the concept that there is a sentience about nature, that nature can communicate with you, one of the things they explore in this video is that flowers and trees and plants, they have no visible brain, but they communicate with each other, proven scientifically communicate with each other. How do they do that? They do that through the field of conscience, conscious, consciousness. And we are part of that field. And they may think differently and they may use different parts of their body and their being to do so, but they are sentient beings. So today on Earth Day, I invite you to step into that sentience, to step into communion, to notice that plants speak through fragrance, and through feel. Mark once, my, Mark, for those of you that are new here, Mark is my sweet husband. He once did a meditation with flowers in a garden. And he asked them what he most needed to know, and they said, touch me. Which is really quite remarkable when you think about it, because how often do we? We don't. We look at the color and we smell the fragrance, but we don't touch them. And that's what they wanted on that particular day. So as you go out into the world today, please take your sweetheart out into nature and please be still with nature long enough to hear what nature has to share. That will be a true celebration of Earth Day. I have a few quotes for you, if I can read them, (laughs) with one contact in and one contact out. Actually, I think I can. Especially if I do this. If I do this... This is even better. (laughs) That's funny. This is from the visions of Zosimos cited in Carl Jung's essay, Transformation Symbolism in the Mass. And all things are woven together, and all things are undone again, and all things are mingled with one another, and all things are composed, and all things are permeated with one another, and all things are decomposed again, And everything will be moistened and become desiccated 
and everything puts forth blossoms, and everything withers again in the bowl of the altar. David Raines Wallace said, Civilization no longer needs to open up wilderness. It needs wilderness to open up the still largely unexplored human mind. From Tom Morrison's Tar Baby. At some point in life, the world's beauty becomes enough. You don't need to photograph, paint, or even remember it. It's enough. No record of it needs to be kept, and you don't need someone to share it with or tell it to. When that happens, that letting go, you let go because you can. The world will always be there. While you sleep, it will be there. When you wake, it will be there as well. So you can sleep, and there is a reason to wake. In Douglas Wood's book, Granddad's Prayers of the Earth, this story is shared. The grandfather says, Rocks pray too. Pebbles and boulders and old weathered hills, they are still and silent. And those are two important ways to pray. Black Elk said, give me strength to walk the soft earth, a relative to all that is. And Henry Beston said, touch the earth, love the earth, honor the earth, her plains, her valleys, her hills, and her seas. Rest your spirit in her solitary places. And finally, Gary Snyder said, Nature is not a place to visit. It's home. 